Y'all made it to church. Love it. Uh, I'd like to thank those of you who are joining us online right now, be it Facebook or our website or YouTube. We're grateful for you. And uh, we know that you're probably at home preparing for brunch or uh, having a late breakfast, whatever you're doing, we're blessed to have you joining us today. Let's, hey, let's give our online family a hand clap. Thank God for them. Come on, we can do better than that. There it is. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So glad you guys are here. Hey, I want to encourage you. I know, I know we haven't even gotten to this message today, but I want to encourage you to be here next week. Um, going to be a, a powerful message uh, I already have the title. It's going to be called Overnight Success. And so um, we're we're going to talk about what that looks like. And so uh, we are in our third week of a series entitled By Faith, By Faith. And uh, our anchor chapter in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, this author of Hebrews, we don't know who the author is, but Uh, Some assume that it's Paul, some assume Timothy, Barnabas, all these great men of faith. But what we do know is that they wrote this letter to a lot of persecuted Christians who were just having problems. And uh, these Christians had left Jerusalem and they they spread all across the Roman province due to persecution. And so um, he takes a moment and he writes an entire chapter on great men and women of faith. And so um, today we're going to we're going to talk about going to talk about Noah. And I finished my message on Thursday. Uh, our, our baby boy, he's in a he's in a Christian school right now. And I was wrestling all week. God, is this the word you want me to preach? You know, I, I can switch it up Saturday. You know, I got I got two more days. We can I can do something different. I, you know, you, you can work this thing out. Uh, I didn't know what they were doing from a biblical standpoint in school. And, you know, it was his first week, so he brought home all of his work on Friday. And would you know it, his work all throughout the week was on Noah's Ark. And so when we got his work and we looked in his book bag on Friday, we said, okay, this, this is what you want to say to our church uh, this weekend. And so we're going we're gonna to go with Noah here. Anyone, uh, show of hands, you've heard of Noah and, and or Noah's Ark before. Show of hands, we are a participatory uh, participant church or whatever you want to say there, I want to call it, we participate. And so um, Noah's Ark is, is not strange to, to most of us, to some of us it may be, but we're going to go ahead and get you well acquainted with Noah. Here it is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. We're going to read all the way through 14. It says that this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man and the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. That's crazy. The only blameless person on the earth at the time. He, he walked close with God. And it says this here, Noah was the father of three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. The Bible teaches that, yes, we have all come from Adam, but more so we've all come from Noah. And even more specifically, we've come from either Ham, Sham, or Japheth, all of the families, all of the people upon the earth come from one of these three, three guys. And you're going to see why here in a moment. Verse 11. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed, God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living 
creatures. For I will see the goodness. <laughs> this hit way better with nine o'clock. Of the living. Hold on, time out. God is not schizophrenic. He's, he's okay. But, I mean, we're reading the text, and it says that there was corruption everywhere. Um, one translation says that man's thoughts were only evil. So there was no man that walked upon the earth in this time other than Noah who had a righteous thought. They woke up, and it was just evil. And so God says, you know, I'm, yeah, I think I'm done here. For they have <laughs> filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. So he told Noah this because, and that's the thing. We can ask God to bless us, but that's not the full extent of what God can do in your life. God, God wants to do even more than that. Sometimes a blessing isn't what God can give you, but it's, it's when God has your ear. And he's able to speak to Noah. And he says this here in verse 14, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. All right, I want you to go ahead and write these two thoughts down real quick. They won't be on the screen, but go ahead and write these down. Number one, God warns those that he loves. God warns those he loves. I mean, we, we all have someone that we love, and whenever necessary, we try our best, if we're proximate enough, to get into their ears, to get into their hearts. You may not want to do that. You may want to think about that. Uh, when you have little ones, you, hey, don't, don't look both ways before you cross the street. Hey, watch that crack in the, in the ground. You, you know, you might trip. Hey, watch your step when you're going up or down. We don't want you to fall. You do that because you love people. And so the Bible says that Noah had found favor in God's sight. So God spoke to him and said, look, uh, it's about to go down, and uh, I need you to build a boat. I need you to build a boat because I plan to save you and your family. Go ahead and write this second thought down. Is number two, storms and floods come unannounced. We can all agree that storms and floods come, come unannounced. I mean, just, just think about it. Like, think about 2020 itself. <laughs> Shady Grove Middle School, December 13th. The year of more. Really, Pastor? <laughs> I don't care how prophetic you are. You, you couldn't have called 2020. You can go on YouTube and, could someone have prophesied 2020? They, they, they just didn't. All of us, we were, we were put to shame. Prophets, pastors, <laughs> apostles, evangelists, and teachers, all of us. So should we follow the men and women of God or who? <laughs> no one told us this, right? And so it's the year of more. No, it's, you know what I mean? So like uh, January, I, I stated before here, Kobe passed away. That was, that was terrible. Who would have called that? You know, so sad. I was on YouTube the other day and this gentleman was um, in California in the mall the day before his helicopter crash, and Kobe was walking with his baby girl through the mall. No security, no nothing. And he told his children, he said, hey, God, like, girls, that's Kobe Bryant. And they're like, who's Kobe Bryant? You know? So anyway, but he was walking, and then you look at the comments, and the people are like, he, he couldn't have imagined that that next day he, you know, he would be entering into eternity. Uh, we just celebrated the 19th anniversary of 9-11. 9-11, over 3,000 people 
that day boarded those planes, went to work, got their coffee, got dressed, ki kissed their family, said goodbye, talked to their uncles, talked to their aunts, say, hey, I'm going in to work. They couldn't have imagined that that day would have been the last day that they would have seen their families. Why? Because storms and floods come unannounced. And, and the old saying is, is that you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're about to enter into a storm. You're either in one coming out or you're about to enter in two. And if you're in one, praise God, you're, you're in church. So, so you're going to get a word from God. You're going to get strengthened. You're going to get perspective from, from the word of God. You can leave here free and, and different and built up and strengthened. Um, or, or you're out of a storm and praise God for that. But in due time, the next one's coming. And so God told Noah... It's about to go down. I need you to build a boat. Now we're going to flip over to Hebrews 11, <laughs> verse 7, which, as I was studying this weekend, brought me, pull the verse down until we get to it. Thank you. Um, while I was studying this re weekend, this is what kind of annoys me a little bit about Scripture, especially chapters like Hebrews 11, because characters in the Bible, when you go to chapters like Hebrews 11, they get one verse. And it's like they did all these great things. But Noah lived for almost, I think, 950 years. And it took him over 100 years to build this boat. And so the author, the author of Hebrews is going to give him one verse. And it's like Noah did this. And he did it by faith. And he found righteousness with God. And you, you read a verse like that and it's like, wow. If I just have faith for one day. So I encourage you, I commission you yeah. to go home this week, read Genesis 6 through 9 or 10, and get the whole story. Because yeah. <laughs> what we're about to read in this verse is not the whole story. And I think that's a lot of times why we kind of give up on faith and we give up on church and we give up a little bit, right? It's because we're like, God, we believed. We believed for a day. We believed for a week. We believed for a year. And it didn't happen. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help bring this, this thought in a little bit more. But Hebrews 11, verse 7 says this. It was by faith, watch this, that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. Now, that's the essence of faith. God will give you a warning. He'll give you a picture. He'll speak something in your heart about things that have never happened. He'll call you to obey in the present about things that will happen in the future. But you got to watch God, and this is where we, we kind of delve into next Sunday. God doesn't give Noah a timeline. So this idea of an overnight success is really, it's not a thing. This is the thing. By the time we've discovered successful people, They've already put about 10, 15, 20 years of faithfulness into the thing that God had called them to. They're an overnight success to us, but they know that it was process. And so he warned him about things that had never happened before. And this is why he was made right with God, because he believed God and he took God at his word in the moment. And he never let go of the word of God, even though it hurt. 
even though it was painful, even though those days were long, those nights were long and people didn't understand him and people called him foolish for serving God and loving God. He, he held on because of things that had never happened before. And so because of that, God honored him. And it says this here. We can preach a whole sermon on that half a verse right there, but we're going to keep on going. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world. Now, I don't want you to think that Noah was on the corner with a sign saying, turn or burn. That's just not going to work. We're already an offended generation. God loves me. I'm not going. Oh, well, we're going to read a little bit more, but we... We don't want to take that approach, is what I'm saying. There's this guy, though, when we get off of 270 in the morning to drop Judah off to school. He's up on the corner there of, um, is it Waring Station in Germantown? Waring, Waring, uh, you know. And so he's on the corner, and he has a sign on, and, you know, another sign. And, and it says, you've probably seen him, Jesus loves you. He is your friend or something. And he's just waving. That's how you do it. Yeah, if you're going to be crazy, that's how you do it. No, turn or burn, you're going to... Believe, are you? We don't do it that way anymore, my guy. You know what I'm saying? So that wasn't Noah. Noah, I mean, he would have, he should have been building the boat, not condemning people. The way that he condemned people was he just did what God told him to do. And as he did what God told him to do, people saw it and they felt a certain way like, I should be doing that too. So they felt that conviction in themselves as they watched Noah serve God. So he wasn't, you know, he convicted them as he obeyed the Lord, yeah, condemned them. And says this here, because of it, he received righteousness that comes by faith. So the question now becomes is, before Jesus, how did people get to God? By faith. By faith. They were saved on credit. We come into the world as sinners. Our, our sins are already paid for. So we just have to make a faith decision in order for our account to be wiped out. So they were saved on credit by faith. And so we all know that right right now in society, hope is depleting. Things are getting darker. There's a fuzziness to a lot of people. Um, They can't see the next step. There's a hopelessness. And, And when there's hopelessness, what we can take from Noah is that God will call you, call you to build a boat. God is going to call you to, to build a boat of hope. I want to encourage you to begin to build a boat of hope. And I want to give you three steps real quick. How, how, how are you going to build this boat of hope? Number one, number one, believe. Believe. You build the boat of hope through faith. I remember um, when, when, I, when I first met my wife and, um, you know, we met each other and, and we we quickly, you know, became friends and we, we got into the book of John, the gospel according to John, the, the story of Jesus according to John. And um, we tell people all the time, when you come to Christ, if you need a place to start, start in the gospels. If you're going to give someone your soul, you ought to know who they are. <laughs> you're going to take me to heaven, but I don't know you. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Get to know who Jesus is. And so we read through the book of John together. And so I, I think at this point it you know, there was some infatuation there. Um, I was saved, and um, she wasn't saved yet. I don't encourage missionary dating. <laughs> Meaning, if you go to church, if you know the Lord, I don't encourage you to go and find someone that's not saved and bring them to church and think that God is going to change them. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it don't. 
Women more so, you really want to watch out for that? You know, I love the Lord, and I'm going to bring him to church, and when I bring him, he's just going to change. You really want to, am I hitting a sensitive spot or something? Are we, we kind of praying in this or something? I know this isn't a relationship series, but it, it, a lot of times it just doesn't happen. Come on, can I be real? Put your hands together. I feel, I want to get a little loose. I want to preach. But I'm, you know, I feel like I can only go here and here right now. So as you clap, I get out here. You know what I mean? Like, y'all know me, man. Don't come in here like that. Lean in. Take a note. Pay attention. Clap. Do something. Goodness. So anyway, I planned this. It wasn't a date, but it was, all right, we're going to go to this Easter play in Leesburg. It was about 45 minutes away from from Orlando or so or whatever. I'm probably wrong about that, Sam. Don't, don't correct me. But anyway, so I took her to this play to this church. And, um, you know, you see Jesus, Easter. He goes on the cross, lays him on the ground, and he comes back out of the stone alive, and all the worshipers are there. We've all been to the great Easter place. So the pastor stands up, and he says, um, if anyone is here and you want to give your heart to Jesus, it's the greatest decision you can ever make. God loves you. He died for you. The gospel was awesome. It was amazing. It's what pastors should do. It's what we should do. And so he did it. I'm in my chair because, you know, I said, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, we've been reading the Bible. We've been praying. I said, God, draw her to you. Save her soul. This, this is the moment right here. This is why I brought her here. It's not a date. I brought her here to get saved. And so you said that the, the Holy Spirit was working in your heart. You're like, you weren't going to stand up. But you said that God told you today is the day that you're going to give me your life. And you felt the presence lift you out the seat. And so when she, lit, when she stood up, I'm like, yes. Oh, she said. And so the pastor said, if, if that be you, come on up to the stage and we're going to take you to the back and pray for you. And in that moment, she was, she was saved. In that moment when she accepted Christ, Many of us, we've, we've been saved. Our sins have been washed away. We've been cleansed. The Bible says that we've been made holy, set apart for God's use. The Bible says that you are a masterpiece um, um, created before the foundations of the world. This simply means that when you were in your mother's womb, that God's hand was putting every intricacy about who you were together, and you were made to do good things all that he planned from long ago. And so she was, sent, she was saved, and she was about to step into the plan of God for her, for her life. And, and, and it says this here in Romans 10. So they took her to the back, and they read this verse right here. I love this verse, Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is as simple as that. It's not about putting away, you know, the, the alcohol. It's not about getting out of that unhealthy relationship. It's not about brushing the, the curse words out of your mouth. You, you, it's not about dressing differently. You, you don't change and then come to God. You, you just come to him as you are. Come on. This is the best news in the world right now. It's not CNN. It's not Fox. <laughs> This is the stuff right here. You, you just come. When you come to God, he'll do the rest of that. And so it's just believing. It says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. 
And so this word here, go ahead and write it down. Saved in the Greek is soteria. Soteria. Go ahead and write that down. S-O-T-E-R-I-A. Soteria. And it means to be rescued out of destruction into his safety. Out of destruction. As in the days of Noah, so will the days of when Christ comes back. The flood was coming. Judgment was about to hit. The rain was going to come. It had not rained ever in human history up until that point, John. Judgment was coming. And so what he did was he said, Noah, you have faith. I'm going to save you from destruction. When Christ comes back, judgment is going to hit every. The Bible says it it is appointed to man once to die, then the judgment. So God knows the day that that last date is going to hit. God knew, and people ask, why did he allow it? Look, there's evil in the world. But God knew 9-11 was going to hit. God knew about Kobe. Just to use them as examples, it is appointed for all of us to die then to face the judgment. But what happened with Noah, just as God is trying to do today through the power of the Holy Spirit, is he's trying to reach out and say, I love you, and, and I died on a cross for you, and I have a great plan for your life. He's trying to save us from destruction. Now, let's, let's not be as deep, but let's think about it practically. Man, I, I, it sickens me to think of the potential that would have been lost. And, and just example, Pastor Kyra and I's relationship, had she not gotten saved that day? Or had we just remained friends? Oh, it's good to see you. You still studying for your NCLEX? Oh, that's amazing. I'm still studying for my MCAT. Great. How's your kid? That's awesome. Jay? Oh, what's his name? Jay? Oh, man, that's doing great. All right. We'll see you again later. Check you soon. He doesn't just save our souls. He sustains and preserves our future and his plan for our lives. He saves us from dumb decisions. He saves us from poor relationships. He saves us from making a stupid move or making that move or making that move or making that move. He saves us from it all because he loves us. He saves us from the destruction, from the destruction. And if you're going to build a boat of hope in this season, you're going to have to do it by belief. I know it's probably hard for you right now. I know it's tough. I know no one understands. I know you're alone. But if God could send his son to down a cross for your sins, he can certainly save you from any situation that you currently feel like you can't wiggle from. He can save you from that. So it's going to start with believing. It says that he, 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 he believed God. He had faith. And as a result, God spoke to him and he said, okay, You believe and I can speak to you. God is trying to speak to us every day. But this is what Jesus said. When Jesus came upon the earth, he said, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? God is speaking all day, every day, 24 seven to all of us, but we can't hear him because the faith isn't there. The second step in order to build this boat of hope, remember storms come is to number two, gather. Gather. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy that we're the most connected generation of all time. Yet, uh, <laughs> on the other side of the coin, the loneliest generation of all time. And, and so a lot of millions of Americans right now are suffering from chronic loneliness. 
It's like, is that really a thing? Yes, it is a thing. And uh, when, you, when you forego chronic loneliness for too, too long, um, you begin to develop the inability to connect with people on a deeper level. It's so crazy because when God created Adam, he said, this is good. The birds are good. The water is good. The trees are good. The ocean is good. The fruit is good. The animals are awesome. Adam, Adam's alone. That's not good. The word good in the Hebrew means best. He said, Adam is, Adam's alone. That's not my best. So he put Adam to sleep and he took Eve from his rib and he made her. And he said, now it is. This is the only time he used this term. Very good. Meaning this is beyond my best. So 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 think about it. He's I'm going to I'm calling you to build a boat of hope because the flood and the storm, the storm is coming. And they say, you know, self-doubt goes through the roof and self-worth goes down and anxiety goes up and depression goes up. Substance abuse, when you're dealing with chronic lonely, goes up. You ever been in a room full of people but felt like you were the only one in there? That's loneliness. Because we've created a generation that's so surface and so transactional. Where, where we, can, we can come out of the presence of God, go into that lobby, and really not make any substantial connection with anyone. Yeah. It's even crept itself into the house of God. Yeah. But we have 2,000 friends on Facebook and 1,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> we don't pray with them. We don't reach out to them. They don't reach out to us because this is where we are right now. Go ahead and write this down. When you feel like you're sinking, or I'll put it to you this way, sinking is the result, is often the result of poor quality relationships. It's often the result of poor quality. I'm sure Noah had a lot of friends. But when it came down to building the boat, the only friends he had were the ones he was feeding in his house. Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Yeah. Hey, all right, now, y'all get on over here. We're about to build this boat. Dad, come on, man. You want to eat? Uh, <laughs> all right, give me a hammer. <laughs> Where, where's that acacia wood and that tar? Yeah, yeah. What you got? All right, get on over here. Sit your butt down, and let's build this boat. Yeah. No, what you doing, bro? It's going to rain. It ain't never rained ever. All right. I'll see y'all. But think about it. They, they gathered. They, they came together, Ham, Sham, Japheth, Noah. They gathered and they started building the boat yeah. of hope. Yeah. The, the Bible teaches that when Jesus came into the world, he, he died on a cross. We, you know, we laid him in a grave. We did. Our sin laid him in the grave. On the third day, he rose. He stayed around for about 40 days. He taught his disciples. He said, look, I've given you a purpose, and your purpose is that in everything that you do, share me with the world. So if you're a mechanic, if you are a politician, if you are a teacher, if you're a professor, if you're a pastor, if you're an NBA player, if you are a stay-at-home mom, in everything that you do, share me with the world, because when it all boils down to it, all that matters is what I did in the world. 
So that's your purpose. You want to know your purpose. That's your purpose. After that, he said, I'm about to go to heaven, but I'm going to send the gift of my spirit to be on the inside of you because all of God is in me right now and I'm limited. So I got to go to heaven and give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So God, Jesus ascends into heaven. They look up at the clouds and the angels appear and they're like, what y'all staring at? It's like, bro, didn't you just see him go up in the clouds? What do you mean what we're staring at? We've never seen that ever in our lives ever. What do you mean? That was epic. Like, oh, we see God do tricks all day in heaven. You know, it's nothing. You'll see a lot more. Okay. I could dig on that a lot right now. You'll see a lot more. And so he went to heaven. The Holy Spirit fell. And this is, the, and the church was born. The word church in the Greek, go ahead and write this down, is ekklesia. It's ekklesia. And church actually means called out ones who, finish it for me, gather in the name of Jesus. Noah had faith. God called him out of a corrupt world to gather to build the boat of hope. To build the boat. So look, I don't know God's plan for your life. A lot of people, Pastor, what is God's plan? What is God's destiny? What is God's purpose for my life? I don't know. Well, we're moving to Europe. We're moving to India. We're moving to to Texas. We're moving to California. I, I don't know all the details about that. But one thing I do know is that when you are a believer, first step was believe. When you are a believer, your purpose A major part of your purpose, a major part of God's blessing, a major part of God strengthening you, a major part of God clarifying your future, a major part of God encouraging you, a major part of everything that God has for you has to do with the fact that you gather frequently with people of faith. A major part of your purpose. Come on, go ahead and write this down. I need that note up. A major part of your purpose is to gather frequently with people of faith. If you're going to build anything, you can't do it alone. If you're going to build hope in your life and faith and perseverance in your life, you cannot do it alone. There was a king in the Old Testament. His name was King David. He's second to Jesus to me. I love King David. You ought to really read it. Great story. King David, he was on the run. He was anointed. He was called. He was set aside. He was set apart by God. He was going to do great things. King Saul, who was on the throne in the moment, King Saul had been unrepentant. He was in a dark place and he wanted to kill King David because King David was a threat. So King David is hiding in in caves. King David has this good friend. His name is Jonathan. And Jonathan finds David in the cave and he does three things when he finds him. Now, this is the crazy part. Jonathan is King Saul's son. So this is a real friend. Because when God removes Saul, Jonathan should be king. But Jonathan has no interest in being king because God's hand is on David. Now, this is a real friend of faith. And so Jonathan finds David and he does three things. He strengthens his faith. This is 1 Samuel 16. Here it is. Come on. He strengthens his faith. He speaks God's word over his life and he promises to be present. You need Jonathan's in your corner. It is no coincidence that when we gather as a church and when we worship and when you hear the word that you feel encouraged. 
you feel strengthened. You feel built up. You know God loves you. As I'm preaching right now, the Holy Spirit is doing stuff in your heart. He's discerning your thoughts. He's, he's setting you free. He's deli- as I'm, You're like, oh, my God, that just makes so. It's the word of God. And when you're present with people, you're like, oh, my God, I can stay in here all day if I wasn't hungry. <laughs> right. I'm serious. I can stay here all day, but I got to eat. Can we come back? Being present. So, so, so they would gather. And, and, and it says here, the same author, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, says this. I love it. Before, before Hebrews 11, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Hammer. Build that boat. That's right. Build that boat. Build the boat. Build the boat. The boat of hope. Build the boat. The boat of hope. Verse 25, and let us not neglect, come on, finish this, meeting as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now we're dealing with something. And, And that's been, you know that a spirit of separation has been released since March, right? And it's all in the name of COVID-19. And I get it. We should stay safe. We should honor our governing authorities. But I tend to think America tends to hold on to things a little bit too long. Okay, it's all in. All right. So this is what the Greek word for neglect means. That was good. It means to put it in a corner, to put church, to put the gathering, to put the purpose of Jesus in a corner The church was, I will build my church, Matthew. Jesus said these words to put that in a corner. In the Greek, neglect means to put it in the corner and put a blanket over it. And if you're not careful in a season like this, the very place that God is calling you to build and calling you to be present and has created for you to be strengthened and has created for you to find your purpose and to find freedom and to find your destiny. If you're not careful, you can subconsciously take the church of Jesus, put it in a corner and put it a blanket over it. And before this guy started talking about faith, he said, don't neglect. Being to gather, let's go deeper. As his return approaches. Now we're getting back into Noah. We talked about judgment earlier. So they're just building the boat. They're gathering. Dad, pass me that wood. I need a hammer. I ain't going to throw this. Slide it. That hit you in the head. That'd be dangerous. (laughs) I'm having fun. Come on. Is this a good word? Put your hands the devil don't like this word. It says this here in 1 Thessalonians 4. This is Paul. He said, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. So, so much like many of us, we have family members who believed in Christ. I, I have a, a lot, but I have a grandma who I know Beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know where she's buried. Bruton Boulevard, um, Orlando, Florida, 32718. I know it's right next to my elementary school, Richmond Heights Elementary. I know where her grave is. So the Bible says this. It says, we won't go ahead of them, verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven. This is when Christ returns. 
with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. He's going to call us. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. So, so I don't know how it is, but grandma's soul is going to meet her ashes, her bones. I don't know what her process is right now, but grandma's soul is going to meet. And she's going to come out of the grave. And, and she's going to rise to meet G. This is the scripture. This is God's word. This is what it teaches to meet him in the sky. Then it says this here. Then finish this all for me. Together. Come on. We're going to do that again. Verse 17. Then Together. with Together. we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and then be with him forever. So they're building, they're gathering, they're building the church. They're live on Facebook, ministering the gospel to the world. They're signing up for super steps. They're meeting in light groups. They're praying for each other. People are getting free. Lives are being changed. They're building, they're building, they're building, they're building, they're building, they're building. And then one day, water. It had never rained before. raining and Noah's son pass me the last log and he sees the entire community look over at him Jesus said in the day when he returns, we're going to be out eating, weddings, arcades, movies, shopping. He said this, this in First Thessalonians, that's what we're going to be doing when he returns. It's going to be a normal day. And, and, and this is what the Bible teaches in Genesis, that as the rain fell and as the flood rose, I think it's around verse 17 and 18, Genesis 7. As the flood rose, the boat rose. The Bible uses this word, Rhoda, safely. When Jesus returns, the church would have been in heaven by the time he's ready to judge the world and defeat Satan. We would have already risen. Amen in heaven. Come on, put your hands together. And so this is the practical takeaway from it. As pain falls in your life, as struggles fall in your life, as trauma hits your life, as people continue to reject you and run away and and your dad will never, you're going to try to seek your mom and seek your dad who never wanted you in the first place and they they continue to run away and to hide from you. As that stuff continues to rattle your heart, my pastoral encouragement and admonition to you is to make sure you're building the boat of hope, which is the church. Build, Build the church. Noah's ark or Noah's boat symbolizes the church. 
It symbolizes the church, and this is what God is calling you to build. Step number three is serve. 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 100 plus years. I think, the, I think history teaches 120 years they were building this boat. Believing, gathering, serving. A lot of us have been praying, Lord, we just want it to go back to normal. Don't do yourself or God the injustice of being in stage three or fully open and going back to where you started before COVID. Some of us need to make a new step of faith and say, Sundays just won't do it. A group just won't do it. I need to begin to serve. So they serve. Could you imagine the talks they were having as they built that boat? Dad. All right. Could you imagine what people were saying to them? About them? And it's been 47 years. It hasn't rained yet. Bro, it's been 73 years. You still going to church? It's football season. We got a new name. We got an exciting new name. Y'all still going to church? New restaurants. New movie. Your kids ain't in sport. Y'all still doing that? It's 98 years, bro. Where's the water? I, I was talking to a brother and sister the other day in Christ, and uh, I think I was having a tough day. So, you know, when, when you're having a tough day, you want other people to have a tough day. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired, man, you know. And COVID, man. It was so much momentum, man. God, I COVID. And I said, uh, how y'all been anyway? Because I'm their pastor, so I can't really be all, <laughs> this ain't a counseling session. It's, uh, so I'm like, you're in this room. You know who I'm talking about. Y'all were taking me home the other day. And um, I'm like, how y'all been? And the wife, she said, the wife. This has been our best year ever, pastor. <laughs> I'm like, uh. And I'm like, yeah, it has been a good year. You're right. God's good. Praise the Lord. Been a good old year. Sucks. But she made me think, like, this has, this has been a good year. Like, this has been a great year. Why is that? It's, it's because God makes it impossible for servants to sink. That's why. That's why. And these are people that have been building the church. And I got family and friends across the nation. They're professionals, but they are committed to the church. And, and, and it's, it's just impossible to sing. So if you're a greeter, I want to encourage you, keep smiling. Yeah. If you're serving kids and you're sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus with, with them, keep on sharing that love. If you're the drummer, Francie, keep on drumming. Worship team, keep on singing. Campus safety, keep on protecting. Pastors, keep pastoring. Keep building the church of Jesus Christ. It's impossible for servants to sink. Give me the word. Build it. 
Build it! Build it! Build it! Build it! It's impossible for servants to sink. Why? It's because faith understands, here it is, faith understands that God will bless our lives as we build his church. God will bless our lives as we build. This is the boat of hope. I, I, I did all that to bring you here. This is the boat of hope. This is it, the church. Je- Jesus said, he said, I'll build my church. He was talking to Peter. Yeah. He was talking to Peter. He says, I'm going to build my church and I'm going to do it with you and on you. Anything that God does in the world is through people. And let me drop this on you as we close out, as we close out. Here it is. Noah's boat was not Noah's idea. It was God's. The local church, which is a part of the capital C church that Jesus is coming back for, not for Instagram, not for Facebook, not for Apple, not for our degrees and our accolades. But the church was not your pastor's idea. It's God's idea. And he's calling you to build it because here it is, two points to take away. Because he does not want your life to sink. It is not God's will for you to sink. It's not his will. His will is good. His will is blessing, growth, peace, joy, relationship with him and with the people of God. And he wants to move your life forward. The Bible says that all the peoples of the earth came from Ham, Sham, or Japheth. They are going to make a new start. This is my encouragement to you. Don't just survive COVID-19. Build the boat. The the scripture says we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So even as things begin to reopen, there's something new that God has purposed for you to do in the world. He's calling you to build the boat so that you can move forward. Let's, Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. If there is anyone in here who does not know Jesus as your personal Savior, I'd like to invite you into a personal relationship with him. He loves you with an unfailing love. And coming to God is not about being perfect. It's about accepting a perfect Savior who gave it all for you. So maybe today is your day that you're going to make a new start with God and you're going to accept his, his full love and his full forgiveness. Today is the day where he makes you new. And if that be you, we're going we're gonna to pray together as a church. We're going to invite you into this newfound relationship with, with Christ. Pray with me. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I thank you for sending him 
to die on the cross and to shed his blood for my sin. I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I thank you, Lord, that you rose from the grave so that I don't have to experience death. Give me the gift of your spirit in my heart. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Give me the boldness to build the boat of hope, your local church. And give me the grace to serve you all the days of my life. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, put your hands together. I love you, God.